and welcome to another edition of NFL Only Better. It is week nine. I'm joined by Mike Carson and John Bath. And guys, uh, when we were discussing what we're going to talk about, it is uh, it was Mike. It was a day on Sunday of underdogs, and it was a day of injuries. Yeah, it cra- really crazy, actually. And when you think about the teams that were playing very well with backup quarterbacks in, um, obviously Mike White is is the story of the was the story of the weekend. Um, but that was that was a surprise. The other thing that really surprised me was how badly some of the uh, bad teams played. <laughs> And, you know, it, this is what's making this this season really hard to handicap it. If you look at, at, at the NFC, you've got six, the top six teams, four of them only have one loss. The next two, Tampa and New Orleans, have two losses each. Six of those eight losses are to each other. So basically, you've got this like elite group of six and then everybody else below. But if you look at the AFC in the top six, you're already down to Pittsburgh being like, in terms of record at four and three, the sixth best team, they've got 14 losses between them. There's, there's like three teams at four and four right behind them. It's, it's a real mess there. And it's really hard to figure out on, on a given, on a given uh, Sunday. And I hate to use that word uh, given, but um, who, you know, how these teams are going to come out and play, you know, who could figure the chargers, for example, being beaten in two consecutive games by two more or less different game plans. Um, you know, it, it was really, it was really, it was really impressive to watch. There, there was a lot of good coaching last weekend too by by teams that won. Bill Belichick, Sean Payton, you know, showing why they are long term, long lasting coaches, and Andy Reid showing why. Hmm. And just on that point, Mike, as well, it's interesting that you mentioned the the records in the AFC because that kind of provides a little bit of a chink of, of daylight, so to speak, for the teams like the Chiefs on four and four, uh, the Browns are on four and four, I think, as well. So, I mean. Those are teams that would have had kind of big playoff expectations and haven't really performed up to up to standard at the moment, but they could still sneak in. Yeah, if, and and with Derek and with Derek Henry out to get over to the last theme of injuries, mm, um, that's the big know, one. And, that's the one we got to so, talk about. Yeah, guys. I mean Indianapolis is three and five. They they're way behind Tennessee because they 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 don't hold a tie break as well as being uh, three games behind them, but. Um, but all of a sudden, Tennessee's, you know, Tennessee could be vulnerable. You know, they without Henry, how, how do they how do they retune their offense, you know, without that threat of Derrick Henry in the middle? Yes. No, no, I'll send over to you. But here's what I'll say is I watch a lot of the Titans because what well, Ryan Tannehill is, is my QB in fantasy. I also backed the Titans quite a bit last season because right. they went a hot streak. And I thought they'd do it this year and it started off poorly, but now I'm on top of them. I backed them against the Colts at the weekend, etc. But from watching them, I said to last week to Mike that they play a very passing game. One of the things that they can do is, is they can fake it, you know? I mean, because he's such a dangerous thing. Like Ryan Tannehill has ran in touchdowns this season and he runs for first downs because they literally do this play where he obviously pretends he's handing it off. The whole team goes for Derrick yeah. Henry and he literally strolls like an 80-year-old man across the yard lane. That is not going to happen. That's out the door now for the Titans. Basically, yeah, it, it, it's going to adjust the opposition teams, how they're going to line up in defense. They're not going to have to stack the box as much to just to, for the just the threat of Derrick Henry out there. But as well, I, th- I think this year they were kind of diversifying Derrick Henry's role in the offense. I mean, we kind of joked last week that he got more passing touchdowns than, than Patrick Mahomes last week, which was true. But I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to do that again this season. But it just showed that they were, you know, they were attempting to change the change tack a little bit with, with what they were doing there. And even with that on board, Derrick Henry was, I mean, his season has obviously been cut in half, 
but he was trending towards his his best ever season in the NFL. He had 10 touchdowns in eight games. And that was, you know, if you multiply that by two, that was going to be higher than the um, the 17 he got a year ago. So there's, it's going to be, that, that's a big, obviously a big, big blow to Tennessee. Like you say, a, a team with definitive, like real hopes of getting into the championship game, really, not just, not just into the playoffs. Yeah. And now you yeah. have, then Henry's gone. And what have you got in, in his place? A 36 year old Adrian Peterson. That's going to be, that's, that's a, a big change. And just finally, the last thing I'll say in that is that we're recording this on, on Wednesday morning. The trade deadline was yesterday. And I was kind of half looking to see if they would make a move for, you know, you know, a Madison or a, a, a Tony Pollard or someone like that. And obviously they're, they're content with what they have. But. Yeah. And smart teams like, <laughs> like, like the Vikings or, or Cowboys aren't going to trade Madison or Pollard because um, the, the value of a really good second running back is, is immense now, especially when your first running back has a huge contract uh, that might turn into a problem for you. If Henry become is Henry is now immobile, he could always play quarterback for the Steelers. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's one, one thing for his future, but Kieran was right uh, on the play action, which, you know, is more effective for Tennessee than most teams because you do have, you know, you don't need to have a great running game to run play action as, as lots of teams proven but when you do it makes it that much more interesting um and Tannehill gets those runs but what happens right now is AJ Brown all of a sudden is going to be double covered which he you almost can't double cover him um unless it's a really obvious passing down because you have to keep a seventh guy in the box maybe even an eighth guy in the box to defend Derrick Henry and AJ Brown is who won that game for Tennessee basically um on Sunday you know but he's going to have a tougher time doing that in the future yeah over 100 yard game touchdowns yeah he did very 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 well uh so I don't know why I said very very well like that it's early I guess that's why I did it um I'm not going to look at everything that we looked at um last week uh and I'm going to run through the best bets I do want to do something really, really quickly, um, which is just to remind all of our listeners that this week is Safe for Gambling Week, which is proudly sponsored by Betfair. You will see lots of videos if you follow us on social media um, all about Safe for Gambling Week. And it's just a reminder that you can always take back control of your account. um, And we do have a whole host of tools at your disposal. It takes less than 30 seconds to put most of these Safe for Gambling tools on your account. So do check those out. And, and a reminder to please do gamble responsibly this week and every single week. We do preach it here on the show about Safer Gambling, but on Safer Gambling Week, just an extra little thing to why not just have a little read on the website of some of the tools that you can put on your account, like a deposit limit or a loss limit or taking a timeout or any of those functions um, and just have a little peek at some of our tools for Safer Gambling Week. Um, to what we looked at last week, gentlemen, in terms of our best bets, um, uh, John Baff. It was a successful week for you. The Bills, I did think at some stage the Bills weren't going to cover. That's the nature of the game, isn't it, really? Yeah. You know, at halftime, you're like, oh, he's in trouble here. It was a 13 and a half spread for Buffalo against the Dolphins, and the game finished 26-11. So I think I got in there by half a point or something like that. Uh, I, I'll, be, I'll be truthful. I was expecting it to be a bit, a bit more of a gap between there. So I got through on the skin of my teeth. But hey, a win's a win, right? Indeed. Um, because, Mike, uh, you, you actually hemmed and hawed. 
um, about what your best bet would be. I was listening back to it. Um, and I mean, everything that you said ended up being a loser. One stage you were going for the Lions. I, <laughs> you just well, saved yourself, really. I, I actually took the Lions as an outside bet on the on the uh, in the column on the Friday bet bear column um, and getting getting only three point five, which now seems to be. And obviously they, they, they lost bad. My best bet was the Lions Eagles to go under 48. And of course, the Eagles being champions of the of the sneaky back or kill you <laughs> um when they went to what was it 50 uh 50 total um, 44 i think they got yeah they got um the eagles got 44 on their own yeah and the lions managed two field goals which is what killed me uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's the lion's fault <laughs> um uh, this week's ah oh, come on guys <laughs> actually belongs to me <laughs> uh, be, for picking the worst best bet of the season that is official i really really you know the way sometimes when you're a regular punter you'll know that you, you can sometimes stop a train that, that's the rumor you know like the, don't tell that guy the tips he'll stop a train well i apologize to the bengal franchise for uh, saying that they would easily cover um i managed to get them defeated by the Jets Mike and that is tough that is tough and and that, that was that was a rough game all the way around but but fair play to the Jets because although um one of the worst of many bad calls during the during the weekend happened in that game late which denied Cincinnati a last chance to maybe tie the game um in the last minute and a half or so uh the Jets dominated the game really Cincinnati was always playing catch up from behind and and you know the jets had a great defensive plan and uh, as i said mike white out of western kentucky um who i've been a mike white a mike white backer since he the cowboys first drafted him i thought he was a, a, a smart draft pick i think he was my like qb four or five in that you know backup you know, potentially good backup you know maybe long-term long shot starter um but he played really well in a controlled role and i'm not going crazy over it because i don't know what he'll have to do week on week but they 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 kept it pretty simple for him they let him catch a philly special he threw a couple of deep balls that were okay but they didn't emphasize that in, in the attack um so you know they deserve everything everything that they got oh. Well, let's let's slightly put a pin on that because we're going to talk about the Jets and the Colts in around about three minutes. Uh, but uh, John, we we mentioned when we were chatting about what we we're going to talk today, just a little bit about those refereeing calls. Yeah. Mike mentioned um, the the no call in the Cincy game. There was a bit of a no call. You would say in the oh, Patriots it was a call. Game. It oh, was yeah. a, it was the call. It was the helmet to helmet, oh, helmet, uh, to helmet. Yeah. Which, yeah. which was not a helmet. I mean, it, yes, helmets made contact, but there was no way that the tackle was going in down, as yeah. a helmet to helmet to, um, tackle. Sorry, there was the no call then in the Patriots game. Um, yeah, that was the one. That, that was kind of the one that stuck out. Knew you wouldn't mention the one in the Browns game. Well, I mean, we, that you was... can get to that one too. <laughs> you you got to hit a kicker when he's got the ball. Come on. <laughs> no, no, not when he's like. <laughs> but the, yeah. I, no, I suppose I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm joking on that one, obviously. But the it was the Mac Jones one. It's, it, for those who who haven't seen it, uh, Mac Jones was destroyed with the late hit by uh, Jerry Tillery. Yeah. Yeah, and it was the referees blew the referees blew the play dead. Yeah, I mean for a timeout, and exactly. so Joe, everyone stops except Jerry Tillery. Exactly, I thought yeah. it was quite funny. Yeah, so like I mean, there isn't some sort of rule where if the play is dead, you can't be penalized for something because that was as late a hit, you know, as as can possibly exist. But what stood out to me the most was there's been 
some of the officiating so far this season has been the exact opposite of that. You know, they've been calling roughing the passer if you sort of like breathe on the quarterback sometimes as you're going by him. So I don't know. There was I, one called on Jadarius Sneed in the the Kansas City the gay game where he he it it was not even a slap. He just kind of hit touches the the quarterback's helmet as he as he's going by, um, yeah. almost almost like patting a guy on the back. And they and they blew him a for couple, yeah in the yeah. In, in the Mike with the Cleveland Browns that I've been watching so far this season there's been a couple as well I think I remember who was it Tack McKinley I think got called for literally putting his hand on the quarterback's chest I'd like to kind of stop himself after the quarterback released the ball and uh, so I mean it's we could, this yeah. is a conversation that could happen we could go on for about twelve yeah. hours yeah. Yeah. the the, the, the Boswell one the Boswell one was the worst because it, that was not 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 yeah, only yeah. was it roughing the passer it was helmet to helmet and it was yeah. it was you know if even if you weren't going to call it roughing the passer it would be a late hit for no reason no reason at all exactly. uh, the funniest though was Bill Belichick challenging the the non call of a safety when there was a holding penalty in the end zone. I guess the, we'll never know, Mike, because they didn't yeah, really show us. They didn't show us, but <laughs> but what happened was, <laughs> and he, Belichick's on that sideline. He So he sees the right tackle is, is holding in the end zone, but the referees called the penalty on somebody on the other side of the line who was holding out of the end zone. And since the penalty was called on the guy who was out of the end zone, they but the hold was so blatant that Belichick just assumed that that was the that was the hold they had called and he was two steps deep in the end zone so he couldn't figure out why they hadn't got a safety so um I just I thought that was pretty funny and, and it took me a day to figure you know, not to uh to get the confirmation that that was the case yeah I, did th- I think like everything else and you can transfer this to transplant it to other sports as well you just want a bit of uniformity in how games are called like mm. this and, you know, with the with the NFL, because there's so many different officiating units, there are going to be inbuilt blind spots. It's just it's just nature. You know, not every referee or not every unit are going to call the games True. the exact same. So, True. I mean, sometimes it's going to be like that. But, you know, when the you know, when the foul play is as obvious as several occasions as it was last weekend, you know, you have to call it out. And uh, I guess that's what we're doing here on NFL Only Better. Well, we're going to see, because obviously things like that have a big, <laughs> big bearing on what, what we do, especially if you back the over or the under or you back yeah, the spread, exactly. you know, like if a referee. I mean, if you are, know. if it is something like you are, if you're knocking a quarterback out of the game and not getting penalized for it or something like that, that, that it does have a big effect on the line as, as the game is going on. So, yeah, it's a good point, Kieran. Jerome Boger's crew called 22 penalties for 191 yards on Monday Night Football. <laughs> That's entertainment. <laughs> that, that is what you stay up till 4 a.m. for. Um, at, at this point, we would like to announce that next week will be our mid-season review, our, our preview. <laughs> the uh, trolls, the trolls were out well, in force. <laughs> I don't know if we should call them that necessarily. I think, he, I think we should maintain that no one really knows when mid-season is. We, I, I, I still don't know. It could be today. Today could be the middle of the season. Yeah, um, no, people have looked into it. No one's really yeah. sure. Mathemat- yeah, he, um, Mr. Troll was right because mathemat- <laughs> mathematically in, in, a, in a 17, in a 17 uh, game season, uh, the, the, mid, the mid game, right, would be eight and a half. But it, since the season goes 18 weeks, then you could argue that nine is the midpoint of the well, season. I, I think his argument stands up. Or nine and a half. <laughs> actually, actually nine and a half. <laughs> no, I think I think his argument stands up. And and I wouldn't. I, I, I like people to make sure they keep us in check. It shows that people are listening. And then that's true. And we'll call us out on anything. And if we do that's do true. things wrong, we do record very early in the morning. Yeah. So yeah. like, yeah. I mean, I can say anything. Yeah. Plus, I'm, I'm glad the trolls are there to protect Bridges, Bridges. 
bridge, <laughs> you know, because our bridges, our bridges need protecting against extra extra weight on them. Yeah, exactly. We have no listeners that I would describe as that whatsoever. Actually, Kieran, I think you deserve more criticism, to be honest. I, I yes. absolutely deserve <laughs> yes. criticism. I should not be here at all. <laughs> um, uh, but so I'm not going to run through uh, in huge detail about Super Bowl but, uh, winners, etc. But I will say Buffalo Bills are your five to one favorites, followed by Tampa at six to one, 13 to two, the LA Rams. And the Packers and Dallas are now nine to one. So that'll be something we can chat about next week. And of course, AFC and NFC conference winner updates, etc. And we look back at what we said at the start of the season um, and see how we're going. I will say that uh, one or two of us thought Washington will be good. Um, shows how much <laughs> yeah. we know. Um, well, I thought they'd have a better defense anyway. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Top and bottom of those spreads. Uh, to let you know about uh, Washington 1 and 7 now when it comes to spreads. Kansas, who we're going to speak about, and I think all of us are a little bit surprised at the line at the moment. 2 and 6, would you believe, uh, with the spread. Jacksonville 2 and 5. Jets are 2 and 5. Um, and then it's like Miami, San Fran, Chicago are all teams that you may not. Interestingly, do you see Tampa has now, Tampa Bay is now 3 and 5. So a team that you will be looking at thinking will be strong are not. And then top, top, top of the charts. It's my boys as well. You know, right, right. Keep going. Dallas seven and oh, I've covered the spread seven just, straight you, weeks. How do you spell that again, Karen? D A L A S P R E A D. Green Bay are seven and one Tennessee, um, Arizona and Buffalo. And I will try and get some stuff next week about where they are with, uh, if you back them on overall wins per season. But I do know that Arizona is one away at the moment from covering the line that Betfair had as for their winning games uh, because they've already won. Uh, they've only lost one game. So they were a team that if you got involved in, you're already there. And I, I will say this as well. If you got involved in Kansas, they're in big trouble because I think the line there was 12 and a half games. And I don't think they have enough games left to win 12 and a half games. Um Let's start our weekly look ahead. It's a uh, Thursday night game is Jets at Colts. Uh, we're going to look at Browns Bengals. We're going to look at Packers Chiefs. We're going to look at Titans Rams. And we're going to look at Bears at Steelers, gentlemen. And uh, will we start with Thursday night football? We might as well. The New York Jets take on the Indianapolis Colts. It's at 20 past 12 because the clocks have not gone back in the States as of yet. They will by the time Sunday arrives. The New York Jets are 15 to 4. The Colts are 2 to 11. 10.5 is the handicap or spread. 46.5 is the over under. John, I'm going to come to you first on this one. Uh, the Colts involved in the ding dong battle with the Titans at the weekend. It came out, well, on the losing end of that after another Carson Wentz. Whoop, there you go, lads, have the yeah, ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the Jets coming off a win. Yeah, which is a strange sentence to say, isn't it? That's nice. It is, yeah. yeah. I had to double-check that I wrote yeah, yeah. it down properly. But I think, um, yeah, it, it's an interesting game. I think this is one to be kind of a little bit cautious about because, like you said, Kieran, Indy, you're favoured by 10.5 points uh, going into this, and that's a tricky one because if you look just on the surface of, uh, you know, if you delve into recency bias, bias, if you will, you're looking at that, that Jets scoring a bunch of points last weekend, and you're looking at, uh, at the Colts losing a kind of a close high-scoring affair. So uh, I'd see a lot of people could be tempted to see this as a high-scoring game, particularly with the over/under being 46 and a half. Um, but I think there you, you should be wary about this one. Despite Mike's praise there for Mike White at the start at the top of the show, it's it's a lot to ask for you know a backup QB like this to have two exceptional weeks in a row. And uh, you know you see that all the time with players who come in. 
you know, second string players who come in and play fantastically well. And then the focus is on them again for the second week. And they, you know, they don't have the same type of impact. And that's kind of what I'm expecting from, from Mike White this weekend. Um, so I think, you know, Indy being favored by 10 and a half points is tricky. But I, my, what I think here, I think the most likely situation to happen is that it's the under the 46 and a half. Because I think both offenses might be stifled somewhat and uh, it could end up being a low scoring game. Mike, uh, back the under and go to bed. Um, it's probably better than the ten and a half. Although I agree with most of what John John's just said, uh, and I think I think Mike White probably comes down. Indy's defense is pretty strong, um, especially against the run, um, which doesn't necessarily help you that much against the Jets. But they're very quick on the second level. The secondary is a little bit suspect, but I I don't see the Jets. The thing that worries me in this game is Carson Wentz. Um, who had one of the epic meltdowns that I can remember um, in, in, a, in the fourth quarter and in the last five minutes of, of that game, which they should have won. I thought Indianapolis um, oh, really? des- deserved a win against Tennessee. Yeah. You I, don't I, always get what you deserve, Mike. No, that's true. That's true. But, you know, they went out to a 14 nothing lead and then, and then they basically threw that away. And, and that, that was, that was their, their big problem. Um, but having said that the jets are not, going to be offensively the kind of team that Tennessee is. Um, I, I would take Indianapolis, obviously, to win the game. The over-under is, I think, going to be manufactured by Indy, if, if anyone's going to do it. So I, I agree the under is probably better, better than the over, but I might just stay away from this because if it was nine and a half, I would take, I would take uh, Indy. If it's ten and a half, I'm not sure I still take the Jets to cover, but but I, I would lean that way. Okay. Oh, right, yeah. Thursday night games are always tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it, that's at. a great point. Cause it's Mike white on, uh, you know, on three days of preparation um, and the team on, you know, maybe one, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe some in situations like that, that could be helpful for him is, you know, not, not so much time to overthink the situation. They can, you know, install a pretty basic game plan based on the strengths, but who knows? We'll find Just out. Just go out there and do it, Rudy. Yeah, yeah, we'll find out Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, or I guess absolutely. most of us will find out Friday morning when we wake up. So, uh, and, and very quickly, Mike, i got to go back to this. Is that uh, Colts deserved win? Is that pocket talk now or is that real talk? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. Is that is no, that a man that... that got involved with Carson Wentz and wanted to kill him in the fourth quarter? <laughs> pocket talk. No, I... Uh... <laughs> That's what that is. It's pocket yeah. talk, people. <laughs> Have you ever noticed how much Carson Wentz looks like Prince Harry? <laughs> let's change How just 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 to change the subject okay okay there we go um we'll move on to the six o'clock game john you will be sitting down with popcorn in hand and whatever slushy type drink you'll be uh tearing into it's the cleveland browns with the cincinnati bengals the that i put a halloween hex on uh 23 to 20 the cleveland browns the cincinnati bengals are seven to ten two and a half points over under 47 Oh, sorry, 47 is the over-under, 2.5 is the spread. Um, real softball one to you, Mike. Uh, Joe Burrow uh, is a better QB than uh, John's Brown's hero. Yes or no? Which which hero is that? Is that Baker Mayfield? Or of course Case, it's Baker Case, Mayfield. Case yeah, 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 yeah. The man who had more TV ads than touchdowns wins. Or sorry, the man who had more go. TV ads. Yeah, oh, I, I, would, I would take Burrow over, ba- uh, over Baker. But, um, I mean, I think Baker gets... Baker gets overly criticized for for not being what the hype says he should be, as opposed to not being what what he is. And I think if if 
as we saw when Cleveland is healthy, when the offensive line is good and, and he's, he's got a running game, you know, and obviously he doesn't have receivers either. Um, you know, Landry's back and OBJ is back, but OBJ is not OBJ. He's just, Oh, um, you know, and um, so I, I think it's, it's unfair to kind of expect him to be what, what he's not a system quarterback is a bit too strong probably, but, but that's what he is. And he's playing hurt. Um, I'm, I'm, and I'm not making excuses to, to do that. I'm just saying, I, I just like Joe Burrow better anyway, although he's had a rough, you know, the, um, they beat, they beat Baltimore and then they had a kind of rough, rough crash to ground, uh, as the jets kind of stymied him from start to finish. But, you know, I, I like, I like, I like, Cincinnati in, in this one to bounce back. Um, and the Brown for the Browns, this is, this is, it's funny because the game in a way to me is more important to the Browns than it is to Cincinnati um, because the, they drop for, they drop further back and it's, it's a real chance for them to, um, to claw, to claw back. And, you know, and at some point in the next few weeks say to themselves, okay, we've endured all of this injury, injury hell that we've been through. Let's we, now we can settle back and just play our, our kind of football when it's most meaningful. Uh, and, you know, to me, the key is, is Garrett really. The key is, is the Browns putting pressure on Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow, plain and simple. Yeah, and I, if you, in at least one of the games last season, Garrett just ate Joe Burrow for, for breakfast, really. So uh, it'll be it is an interesting one. And Kieran, to your point about uh, Baker Mayfield, you, I don't disagree that Burrow is playing um, better at the moment for sure. But as Mike said, he is uh, Baker is a bit dinged up. Like he's got a literal chip on his shoulder, as I said in our WhatsApp group. He's got a cracked bone in his shoulder. So you're hilarious in that, by the way. <laughs> Thanks, Kieran. Thanks for that. <laughs> I was I was pretty proud of that one. But, uh, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but uh, if you in this game, if you asked me a year ago, you know a, 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 a the game against the Bengals was, you know, as close to a guaranteed win as there was in the AFC, and particularly in the, in the AFC North. But it, obviously things have changed a lot this year with the Cincinnati's resurgence and Burrow in a, you know, he's in a second year. He's, he's a lot more confident uh, and, and things just seem to be flowing a little bit better for him. So I think, you know, it, this, is a, this is another difficult game to pick because Cleveland are in a situation, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. Cleveland are in a situation now where there's not much room for error left, but because of some of the deficiencies of other teams, they're still in with a pretty, pretty good shout of making the playoffs. So, you know, with that, with the reduction of margin for error means that they have to, they have like the pressure is completely on now. They can't be nine games into the season with a losing record and have any realistic hopes of making the playoffs. So I think the entire organization knows this. So it depends if they can put together this kind of banged up unit properly and just do what they were doing at the start of the season and towards the end of last season as well, when they were, you know, legitimately one of the better teams in the NFL. So we'll see how this goes. We'll see if Nick Chubb looks healthy. We'll see if Baker Mayfield looks healthy and we'll see if Miles Garrett can get to the quarterback repeatedly. Um, I'm maybe it's my, this is kind of hard overhead stuff, but I think, I do think Cleveland will get it done. There's just, there's too much pressure on them. And this isn't under Stefanski. This isn't a team who's really lost several games in a row. Like the Steelers lost was the first time that they've lost two in a row under his leadership. So losing three in a row would be a big disappointment. So I think, uh, I think they will do all in their power to avoid that from happening. Well, obviously they're going to try and win, but I think what they'll do is they'll engineer a really stifling game plan and just try and sneak in through a low-scoring game. So for the second uh, bet in a row here, I'm going to go with the under, uh, which is the 47 in this case, because 
particularly AFC North games can tend to be quite low scoring. And I think that's what we'll have again, most likely. Okay. Okay. Thanks for that. And a good look at that. Uh, just a little a note as well, a reminder um, up on the website at the moment, uh, it's a £5 free bet when you bet £20 worth of multiples or bet builders. And I do know that multiples and bet builders are very popular on Sunday when it comes to the NFL. So that's free uh, fiver when you bet £20 or euro, of course, because we vote, we bet, vote, we uh, have euros, John. <laughs> How's your euro situation at the moment? Yeah, we should really be discussing statistics in terms of meters, not yards. <laughs> we should we should we should well should we though uh, that would confuse a lot of our listeners um and and the whole of america uh, who is our third most listened to country so that would really really hurt um the game of the weekend i think it's fair to say is the 925 contest that sky are showing the green bay packers who as i mentioned are top of the spreads for second from top, just behind Dallas, heads to bottom of the spreads, just behind Washington, the Kansas City Chiefs, who, like, basically Mahomes is throwing a touchdown, or sorry, an interception a game at the moment. Uh, But, yes, the Packers are 19-20. Kansas City Chiefs are odds-on at 20-23. That spread or handicap is one point in favor of Kansas minus one um, and we are expecting a high scoring game 54.5 um, John <laughs> that's, I'll, I'll, I'll come to you John first because you've just finished up the Browns now you've got everything in your head can you explain that to me why how I know they're at home I'm sorry I'm just still trying to work it out how are Green Bay not favorites for this game yeah, that's a, that is a strange one, and I think uh, when you, I hadn't really put it together until you texted uh, us that kind of information last night, Kieran. That's that is an incredibly strange one because what is a Green Bay have won? What are they? Seven games in a row? Eight games in a row? Seven in a row. Yeah, and uh, and look at Kansas City Chiefs. Like, I, I think I said it in our little in our WhatsApp WhatsApp group as well. Like, I mean, it's no mystery to that everyone knows that Patrick Mahomes is underperforming, but uh, is everybody aware of how badly he's underperforming? <laughs> because He's on his, he, like you mentioned, his, his interception streak there, Kieran. He Even going back to his high school days, he's never been on a run this poor. So this is literally the worst run he's ever been on since he's picked up a football. And uh, it, it's like, again, we've, I think we've talked about the Chiefs deficiencies on essentially every mm-hmm. show so far this season, almost with the expectation that we're kind of teeing up next week where we're like, oh, they got back. Look, you know, they, they solved that problem. But so far, it just hasn't happened. And I think a lot of it has to be down. Well, I mean, it's the quarterback, but it's, it's Patrick Mahomes. You know, he's, he's pushing things too far. He's trying to, you know, he's trying to construct things out of thin air. He's trying to rely on his magic arm. And it's just not working. You know, what does that come down to? It's, you, can, you can analyze the old kind of football stuff. You know, is it the offensive line? Is Tyreek Hill? Is he just, is he not running the correct routes? Travis Kelsey, to be fair, doesn't look like the same player that he was the last few years. But I think there's something more to it. Is there a coaching thing? Is there, is there just a malaise in the building? You know, it's so hard to pick. So I think the Packers are an outstanding bet in, in, in this game. So, you know, I'm just looking at my notes here. I, did, I just wrote in capital letters, points. So I think uh, it, it, this does have the tendency to be high scoring. Um, and I think just the way that Aaron Rodgers is playing at the moment, I don't see him coming up short to this version of Patrick Mahomes. So, uh, yeah, I think whether or not this hits the, the 54 and a half remains to be seen. I think it'll be in and around there. But I'm going um, 
I, I really like the Packers with the uh, on the handicap here. Yeah, it's very strange, isn't it? One one point because yeah. what normally, I mean, I know that you know in the old days the home team basically got three points for being the home team. That's long gone. Uh, you know, the the market has has wised up to the fact that home field advantage is not as as great as it was. Um, but even so. What what they're doing is is making the Chiefs dogs here, even though they're one they're one point favorites. Yeah. You know they because they should they they should be uh, bigger favorites. Last week, look at last week. I mean, it was fifty two five was the over under, right? And people were saying, oh, you know that they could they can probably make that, but go maybe go under. They were nine and a half points fav- favorites over the Giants, and they won by three, by three against the Giants by three yeah at home against the giants at home and and, and the <laughs> the over under was still they scored it was 37 points i, I almost wanted to say forget it you'll go there but i agree i mean it's really hard to pass up the packers here and it's not just recency bias it's the way the season has gone mm-hmm. you know they they could explode the packers defensively have holes and the jets this could be a game where the jets do explode and do it but joe barry's defense has been very containing and conservative um, as opposed to last year's mike Petton's defense which was much more gambling and stuff so i don't think they're going to get beaten that much you saw last week the giants did a great job of of not only cutting tyreek hill off deep they gave him a lot underneath but they weren't getting anything to jason kelsey underneath and 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 then the rest of it just doesn't step they just don't step up you know um one catch for Pringle, one catch for Robinson. It's, yeah, I, I watched, uh, just on that point, Mike, I watched um, Brian Baldiger's kind of breakdown of the, uh, or at least one or two plays that Mahomes was doing. And it seems the key to uh, stifling that offense, at least at the moment, is to just only rush with three and have one a guy, an extra guy spying to see what Mahomes is going to do and then just move in zone with the, uh, with the potential yeah. receivers. Yeah. And it, it, it seems pretty straightforward. You, you, that's kind of like the first rule in the book about trying to, um, you know, restrict a quarterback's options, but just the. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's working. not and like you said, the, the giants pulled it off to an, ex, you know, really well as well. Yeah. It's, it's not rocket science, you know, and, and for example, Belichick had done this, in games, they lost to the Chiefs a couple of times, but they lost with teams that, you know, were not great, great teams. And then Todd Bowles did it in the in the Super Bowl and people, you know, paid attention then. And everybody now is, has watched the film of what Todd Bowles did and is trying to do the same thing. And and if you have the quick linebackers and 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 at least one safety who can come down as if he were a linebacker and clog that middle when necessary. That, that is the recipe for success. If you can rush with four or even, as you said, even better with three um, you're in, you're in good shape now. And people in Kansas city have been telling me that Mahomes is hurt, that it's that toe Really? Turf, turf toe injury is back and he's not able to throw, you know, the, his, nor, his normal way. So you would think, that they would try to restrain his possibilities then, you know, take it easy, play more from the pocket, uh, you know, get in rhythm, get your throwing motion set. I, but I don't know. Uh, that's not really his game, but ah, I mean, I, I just don't see how you can avoid the Packers in this, you know? Yeah. Well, I think with all that you're saying there, that it, really it's up to the chiefs to find a better running game. Now I'm just trying to find out Carlos Edwards, Alaire. Uh, has been on IR, but I believe this yeah. is the first game that he can return. 
Um, at the moment, there isn't a massive update at the moment that I said at the moment there twice, but it doesn't seem like he will be back. He might come off IR, but he's obviously not going to be ready. But that's that's something the Chiefs can't do. Get a good running back in. and that well, I, I don't of... know how much of a difference that would make because he's been largely a disappointment since they drafted him last year. I mean, a disappointment. He started off well. Yeah. They, they expected him to be, you know, a fundamental piece of that offense, completely diversify and take away the fact that they're largely a pass-only team. And that just simply hasn't happened. So. If I were if I were the Chiefs, I would be I would be lining up McCall Hardman in the in the backfield more often. In fact, I'd line Hill up in there occasionally as well. But you know, to me, watching what they do with McCall McCall Hardman, they might as well do it with him as a running back um, and and try to take advantage there. It, it was ironic we talked about refereeing before, um, but Daryl Daryl Williams's big play uh, was negated by a taunting penalty. <laughs> which was a really bad taunting penalty in, in the sense that all he did was sort of make his first down gesture in the guy's face because he just happened to be standing there really, you know, and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and there came the flag. I just thought, you know, this is, this is like once the snowball starts rolling downhill, it really does pick up momentum for the Chiefs. Um, all right. So we're all going, we, we're, I, I'm joining in on Packers, obviously. Um, let's move on to Sunday night football, which is, um, Tennessee Titans at the LA Rams, 27-10. The Tennessee Titans, the LA Rams are 2-7. to seven. It's uh, 7.5 at the moment, so over a touchdown. And 53.5, we are expecting points in this one. We spoke a little bit about the Titans earlier, guys. Uh, what about uh, the Rams um, well, at home? Oh, John, straight away. Uh, they're about as good as anyone in the NFL at the moment, aren't they? And, uh, and they thought, just got Von Miller. I was going to say, it's very interesting that they've added Von Miller to a, a defense that already has Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald sitting in there. So that says to me that, well, two things it says to me. It says they, within that organization, they harbor realistic ambitions of winning a Super Bowl this year because they're, you know, they're spending a lot of capital on this. And the second thing is that the Rams, as an organization, just don't like having draft picks burning a hole in their pocket so <laughs> it, it, has been a, it has been a strategy for quite a long time to uh to use their capital in this way and they're seven and one so far this season, so it's working. ever ever since kevin costner got made the general manager <laughs> yeah. don't bring it up mike don't bring up the movie i know you don't like it so yeah this is it's an interesting game as well I, I, this would have been even more interesting obviously if um derrick henry was fit and available for selection but he's not so i think that changes the context of the game to see whether or not the titans can keep it within seven and a half which was the uh, uh, spread last night i wonder yep 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 still yeah. is so i think uh, you know mike was always saying this point as well that you know that i'd be more comfortable if that was you know less than a touchdown um but seven and a half is interesting. So I think they, I think, you know, if I'm going money line on this, I'm thinking the Rams are going to absolutely win the game. But I do think Tennessee, you know, even given everything we've said about Derrick Henry, they have displayed a pretty good defense so far this year. So I think that they can uh, keep it within seven and a half. So that's what I lean towards at this stage on, on Wednesday morning anyway. Mike? Yeah, I was surprised that the Rams didn't include David Putney in the trade with the second and third round draft picks for for um, for Von Miller. I, I would guess that Miller plays a little bit, but what what this adds is pass rush, which is what now Tennessee is going to become vulnerable to if Tannehill has to throw from the pocket. Uh, and my I, my also my guess is also that the Rams jump out to a quick lead. Um, now Indianapolis did that 
<laughs> last week. And that's why I was thinking that, right? Just like I said, they got the lead. Now you force Tennessee into playing catch up. Well, Tennessee wasn't bothered by that, but that was with Derrick Henry. So I think I might even go with the Rams, um, with the Rams and uh, giving seven and a half. I'm a little bit less certain about the over under at 53. Um, I have the I have the sense this game could bog down at some point rather than being a shootout. Okay, at the big finish, uh, we got your best bets, and finally, it is the Monday night game, which is the Chicago Bears taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Eleven to five, the Bears, Pittsburgh Steelers four uh, four to eleven. Uh, it's under a touchdown. The current spread are handicapped nine to ten with the six point five, and pretty low. Forty points is the over under at the moment. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers got back on track. They're a bit of a hard, they're one of these Jekyll and Hyde teams, I think, guys. You know, they're hard to sort of say exactly how they're going to perform. But, I mean, the Bears rolling into town, it's got to be a bit of a gimme. Not quite. Um, oh. sim- well, simply because the Bears are, are a good defensive team, you know. And you say that you, every week that the Bears I, I, are a good defensive I, team, and yet I, they I, lose. They lose. Yeah. Well, they're a horrible <laughs> offensive team. I mean, that's that's the re- that's the reality of it. Um, I'm I'm just trying to see. Uh, what was it? It was 33-22 against against the Niners. Um, in, in Chicago, and uh, Jimmy G had had his best game of the season. Two totties. Outrunning Justin Fields, basically. Fields had the best play of the week. I think Fields' touchdown run that was, was probably the the um, the highlight real play of the week. But um, yeah, this is perfect for the for the Steelers uh, because although the although the Bills are a good defensive team, Pittsburgh is a is a very good defensive team, able to I think control Justin Fields, put him on his back a few times if they have to. There's not much run game uh, from Chicago besides fields on the on the odd run um and they sort of want to be they don't know what they want they want to be a running team they, they want to be a kansas city style team they want to be a single wing team with phillips with um fields running so yeah I, I like the pack the the steelers in this but you can't have much faith in the steelers scoring lots of points so even at 40 the under is tempting but i would go okay. o- i would actually go over in in this one it's gotta um, be over john john yeah. come on it's over yeah. 40. Well, I, you know, when I was looking at the, when I was analyzing this last night, the, I, I, I did think it was a strange one to look at. So, I mean, the little, the note I've literally got written down here in front of me is, well, Bears have lost three in a row. Uh, Steelers have won three in a row. I just think if you're a money line better, you should be confident in, in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, we, I don't often like just going for money line because it seems a little too on the nose, I suppose. But uh, I think in this case, I would go with Steelers just on the money line. I mean, you're not going to get wealthy on that, let me tell you. But yeah, okay, we'll allow us. Throw it we'll into your accumulator it. here, and it'll be, you'd, you'd think you'd do pretty well. Well, a reminder, bet 20, get five. Multiples yeah. and bet builders. Um, <laughs> that's it. I'll get your best bets. Uh, just looking ahead to next week, obviously, we're going to have a little look at a season preview. And, of course, uh, one of the games as well that we might be talking about, what we really should, is, of course, John Cleveland Browns taking on Mike's New England Patriots, because we all know now that Mike like, doesn't like, you know, anything you say bad about the Patriots, Mike's going to be like... Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm uh, tempted I'm tempted this week to take Carolina plus four, but... Um, well, we see uh, the best bets. Uh, John, you were our winner last week, uh, so you have the uh, the the honors of the honors. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Mike. You can it see is, the script, is, can you? It is quite an honor. Um, <laughs> I think so. This week, uh, I think there's a little bit of value. Okay, so I'm looking at the Saints and Falcons game. 
Now, we didn't really touch on it earlier in the show, but obviously Saints losing Jameis Winston is a blow. Uh, well, obviously, any team losing their starting quarterback is a blow, but Winston was, if you look at the numbers, he was playing very, very well this season. You know, Sean McVay seems to have coached some of his, uh, some of the worst elements out of his game so far this year. Uh, he was throw it to the guy with your jersey on James. basically yes he was so far this year he, he was a starter for seven games and that equals uh, 14 touchdowns against just three interceptions and remember this is the same guy who was pretty much a one-for-one one ratio of interceptions to, to touchdowns for a lot of his career so you know that does change things a little bit but at the same time you know i think uh this is an attractive game for the saints to cover the spread uh which was six so that is my best yeah. i think the saints are going to cover the spread i'll go to you next mike um i'm again as usual i'm torn but i think a five and a half spread to baltimore is pretty much what i like um they're at Thank home you. they're coming off a bye week uh the vikings are a tease basically um and and i think uh, I think they'll be able to control the Vikings' main, you know, main weapons, which which are Cook and Thielen and Jefferson. You know, and if you can if you can negate one of those and and keep the other two, simply you know let let you you probably win the game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. Okay, not as torn as Natalie and Brulia because you just instantly went and. Said well, I, I told you, I'm thinking about. I assume the Patriots Carolina will be a close game. Okay. So um, Carolina plus four is tempting to me and um no that's it no 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 more okay no more no more you got water this is, this is the thing you do well i did say that so no, well it's the show is the show is for information you yeah, know? yeah so yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah. like that was know. your column though you gotta save some yeah i, I, I do, save yeah. for column yeah right yeah. <laughs> after <laughs> last the... after last week i think i'll cut the column about 100 words <laughs> save it for the book yeah chase the to roy Keane. Uh, my best bet of the weekend, it's got to be the over in the Arizona Cardinals-San Francisco 49er game. It stands at 45.5 at the moment. The Cardinals basically score 40 points in almost every single game they've played this season. So all you need to do is have San Fran score a to one touchdown or three field goals, and you've covered that. Does that Arizona. hold up if Colt McCoy is at quarterback for the Cardinals? Uh, slightly not, but I, I do think that Kyler Murray will play. Um, I... Yeah, oh, let's put an asterisk in it, all right, Mike. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from, all right. Yeah. But uh, uh, back it now with the assumption that <laughs> okay, play okay. Uh, if not, I might, I might give myself a push. No, that that's a that's a that's a good it's a good point because if if McCoy actually, you know, they obviously they lose a lot with McCoy, but but people people don't really understand that a McCoy is a decent backup quarterback, you know, and he's been a starter at times without totally embarrassing himself but he also comes out of that same kind of offense that Kingsbury coaches um you know he played that he played that in college so he's a good fit for the team so they, they I mean they, they lose a lot obviously when Murray's gone but but uh I think they'll be able to do okay without him okay. well, thank you for rubber stamping my best bet Mike I like and that yeah I don't want you squeeze you. I don't want you weaseling out of it that's why I, I won't it. Weasel it. No, no I'll try <laughs> next week we'll see a reminder next week we will have our mid-season uh, review, uh, which we always do, where we try and take stock and see exactly who is heading for the Super Bowl, who is your AFC and NFC champion. So do not miss next week's show. It should be an absolute cracker. A reminder that this week, again, once again, is Safer Gambling Week. Plenty of tools available to you uh, to put onto your account if you do wish to. Just check out the website for more details. There's a 
uh, a link to another website we can read all about it if you want to go that way there's a phone line as well that you can ring so it, it takes less than 30 seconds to put most of the safer gambling tools on your account so why not check them out during safer gambling week and a reminder that does remind me to please do always gamble responsibly this weekend and every single weekend and enjoy all the nfl action i want to thank mike carlson and john baff for joining me we will be back next week for as i said our mid-season review do not miss that but thanks for today thanks for listening we speak to you then 